Long ago, after the fall of the Stone Empire, came the Broken Age. In this time, four rogues were tasked with a vital mission. To warn the Bastion City of the foothold of imminent attack. Swords without master, will the heroes avert disaster? Swords without master, warriors go talk against the caster. Swords without master, paradise, let it roll and let the tale unfold. Swords without master, heed the call when you hear the thunder. Swords without master, take the beat as your heart beats faster. Swords without master. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords Without Master, an actual play podcast in which at least one of the characters is a sword without a master. (laughs) With us tonight are, as ever, three heroes, one sword. And one over player. So, let's do a quick who we are and who we play. Um, I am Tristan T. Wilde, and I'll be playing Leonard Glank. I'm a... Brick. Part, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next, next person. We've covered me perfectly. We could maybe have a rundown of Leonard's appearance okay he is a little tiny goblin-esque dude Let's, looks a little bit like hoggle um from labyrinth but also like the dude that rides the little dog from labyrinth he's <laughs> a, a brave powerful knight that has been turned into this little goblin creature by a dragon he rides his mighty steed that was a once proud stallion, which is now a big fat crocodile type monster with a huge horn on his head. And he has armor made of like pots and pans and bits of metal he's smashed into place. And he carries his suit of human armor on the back of his trusty seed. Sure hoof. And he likes eating worms. <laughs> Not, that's because of the curse. That's, you he know, doesn't like that. Yeah, no, that's true. He doesn't worms. like it. He has to. No, he does. I reckon he's got a flavour for them now. <laughs> Long, thin, slimy one. Short, fat, fuzzy ones. Gooey, 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 gooey worms. Yeah, those. Ali, tell us about Grizzard Skink Wrangler. Tell us about worms. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're too wiggly to be straighters. That's mm. what we know. That's all we know. Nice. Grizzard Skink Wrangler <laughs> was raised by lizards and as such moves like a lizard and has abilities to summon lizards and and change the colour of her skin just by thinking really hard because that's how chameleons do it. She rides a mount which is also reptilian but better than yours. Um, It's a bit more like um, a bit more like Godzilla but like uh, certainly the picture I have here is a little bit more psychedelic. So yeah, let's go with psychedelic Godzilla Um, and that's called (laughs) Albertus Frogmore. And I think we established last time that Albertus Frogmore can kind of run up walls and stuff, whereas Shawhoof, the rhinoceros hippo lizard, just goes through them. That is correct. Well, it wasn't um, brought up as a lizard, and so it hasn't got lizard skills. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, it's got horse skills and horses love smashing through walls and stuff. They're doing it all <laughs> they the do time. They do all the time. You know, crazy. We know a lot about horses around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And facts, we call those. Facts. Honestly, my horse does like running through fences and stuff. So I'm playing Warm Crispin, the final minister, a priest of Mother Death, who is, he considers to be the only goddess who hasn't left the world in this disordered age. And he has a big hammer and a big shield and a big beard and warm eyes. And he's a gentle soul, but he is the minister of death as well. So, you know, he's got a job to do. And then we have Gwyn. I'm playing uh, Kalaniah the, the, the sword, um, who is a, a magic sword with, like, a personality and a... Fun-loving appetite for parties. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so, finally, running this laughable shit show of catastrophic non-entities is the real hero of the piece. It's our overplayer, Pete. Oh, uh, I'm Pete. I'm the overplayer. Uh, well, thank you for confirming some things that I wasn't quite sure about. Like, I I didn't know whether Grizzard was was a lizard themselves. Because your Eidolon is... No, uh, no, but she's close to being a lizard. Raised by lizards. Yeah, that's cool. You know? That's cool. Like if you were raised by wolves, you'd be mm. kind of hairy and like bark <gasps> at the postman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would. So shall we, shall uh, we do done. Uh, when Night, last everyone. we saw our heroes, Pete? Yeah, sure. So when last we left our heroes, they had escaped a, a siege, made their way through a vile swamp. Oh, might have been a savannah. <laughs> savannah swamp. <laughs> I reached the hermitage of uh, Akashobia. We'd established that um, Kalnoi was related to this uh, floating swamp and there was unfinished business there. Yeah. As far as the obsessive winner of competitions was concerned. And we had we'd heard the sad tale of how Leonard was going out to duel a dragon. And he challenged it, and instead of fighting him, the dragon cursed him. And we ended up with the question, what was it about Leonard that made the dragon reluctant to fight him? And that was the question we'd just asked of the overplayer. Why did the dragon curse him rather than fight him? Yeah, that's better. Well done. Which is a great question. Mm. Such a bastard question. Better to light a candle than curse the knight. So, Pete, you're the overplayer. You have you have the answer to that question. I think that the dragon saw that Sir Leonard Uglank was uh, marked to kill the dragon's enemy, known as Coil Spite the Vile. <sighs> marked by fate. Marked by fate itself. Oh, Coil Spite is or isn't what uh, Grizzard Skank Wrangler is currently riding. It's not, is it? No, Coil okay, Spite's good. my old nemesis. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Hobby enemy, perhaps. One up on the skink wrangler by killing her mortal enemy. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How? It's passed from one game to another. Now I've got to kick your ass. I'm just going to do some excellent gymnastics for a minute. <laughs> well, I can't. I've got little stubby legs. Yes. <laughs> How's that pass from one game to another? Dissimilar, dissimilar <laughs> to the other game we play, where my legs are, if anything, too long. <laughs> like octopus legs. Not only too long, but too many. 
half the time they clip through the ground. You can only see the tops of his boots. So wait, the the dragon could see that I was going to kill its mortal enemy. Yes, yeah. that's what it realised. It's like I can't kill this guy because if I do, my rival uh, will become yes, okay. potentially immortal. Oh, I thought he was saving his rival. I'm like, wait, is this a love hate thing? <laughs> I thought it was a bit EastEnders. <laughs> I haven't seen EastEnders in a long time. But I assume this dragon said no. Must be. As Must I got be. turned into a a goblin, <clears throat> the fr- scene froze and just went dum 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 da 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 da. Swords without master. So, Leonard, this is. In a way, this yeah. is new information. So, what is it? How have you come to this revelation? So, where where are we currently? We're all round a ca- we're round a campfire on the edge of this forest. Mm. We're round a campfire, and I think that this revelation came around because we were talking about lizards and dragons, and obviously because Skink Wrangler's here. I was retelling my story, and I sort of mentioned like. This dragon had uh, a hook on one of its uh, on both its wings, but one was kind of smashed in half. And Skink Wrangler was like, "Ah, that's old Hookwing." This and then started to tell the tale of Hookwing and the history of the lizards and dragons, and kind of slowly but surely, one and wait, one and one became two, rather than two and two becoming four. <laughs> I'm smaller; everything's halved for me now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hookwing, wow. Um, I only think in face off. Yeah, it was Hookwing. Hook and um, yeah, it suddenly she, yeah, it's this old powerful lizard. I was like, wow. What? And then, yeah, that's how it kind of dawned on me that that's why I wasn't killed. And I, it confirmed I'd always suspected I was doing the right thing, but now I know there's destiny behind it as well. Yeah. yeah. It makes me even more determined to break the curse. I wasn't that bothered until now. I was like, eh, <laughs> like you know. Damn it. Like being a lizard was being a goblin guy was kind of cool. Yeah, but it was, now... it was all right. The worms aren't that bad, are actually. A bit, bit earthy, but you know, I can live with that. I can sort of walk under tables and stuff now. It's kind of cool. A new perspective on the world. I can knock on doors and people open the little shutter and they're like, no one's there. Let's just open the door. And then I'm like, whoa, swords without masks. And hiding just... their socks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can hide in drawers and cupboards. Uh It's actually pretty fun. Like the rain gets me a lot later than everyone else. (laughs) Can you just dodge in between the raindrops? Man. So you uh, make your way through the the swamp. Yeah, so this scene, we were by our campfire in the forest. There's the forest of something like Gravewood, I want to say. Uh, Grave Hill. Gravy. It was the treeless forest. <laughs> yeah, like, like all our locations, it was yep. mutually contradictory biomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a forest savanna. Everything's savanna desert forest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ben, uh, have some bones. All right. Take my bone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take them bones and roll them good. Don't let me down, buddy. That is jovial. I'm very glad Five about that. Five on the jovial dice. Warm Crispin is, he kind of grins broadly hearing this report of Glank's realisation, Sir Leonard's realisation <clears throat> that destiny 
is on his side and that there is a future of grand adventure ahead. And with the fire lighting, he says, perhaps we have a destiny here as well, because I have been to this forest. I've walked this edge several times, for the grave wood requires policing by those of us who serve the mother. Something within the forest lies oblique to her law, and it must be enforced. We have travelled here several times, and, and yet, on all those previous visits, and perhaps now, this is tonight, is when it changes. The hermitage has always eluded me. Me and those we, I travelled with, though we knew the sage to be nearby, we had no way to find the hidden route into that hermitage. And so my question is, how do we find our way into the hermitage of Akashobia? <laughs> Akashobia uh, is a is a uh, a sage, uh, a being of who has attained higher states of consciousness, and thusly mm. uh, has a, a different relationship with Mother Death than other mortal beings. That makes sense. So the the sort of winds of 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 death that that roll through the Grave Hill Forest, there's a there's like a a place where they don't they don't uh, touch it kind of moves around it um and sort of through that and through Kalanoia's previous experience here you're able to find the, the hermitage awesome so it's like there's a little eddy in the tides of indeed death. like mm-hmm. there are things in gravehill forest like that you see just sort of out of vision like could be what are the wisps sort of moving through the kind of knee deep mist and fog that kind of dewy fog that goes through the the forest so but this is like the next day we've wound our way through in this forest and we find this quiet spot and what do we find there what's the door like that leads us down there's a a slope leading down that's a sort of hidden entrance that leads down into sort of this rocky uh valley like a cleft a tiny kind of passageway that leads through the rocks Sort of yeah, these dark, uh, you know, clammy uh, rocks, moss-covered, uh, lead you into this small uh, valley. It, there's a stillness to the place. The it it almost feels like you can feel the waves of silence as they as they move in this place. It's emanating from this 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 cave before you. And our, our heroes uh, light torches uh, and head into this dark cave. Uh, within, you know, they they find evidence of you know someone's living space and come to a cavern uh, where sat against uh, this wall uh, that has been painted with a night sky sits uh, a monk, his skin dark blue. He sits with his hands clenched uh, in fists with the knuckles against one another, but they're resting in his lap. This silence is like a weight. It's like a physical weight on your shoulders. He doesn't move, but you know that uh, he can. He senses you and he's, and he's examining you. It's sort of like a, it feels like sort of a sonar kind of going through your, your body or your hilt 
Kalanoia. <laughs> and uh Ooh, I say. You hear his voice. <laughs> right up um, the hilt. And when he speaks, the words uh at first sound garbled, but then you find that they bloom in your mind as you're processing them. And that there's more information than is conveyed through sound. And you hear him say, Kalanoia, I knew you would return. I throb. <laughs> yeah, so certainly Warm Crisping looks over at the guard carrying Kalanoia. Have we established the guard's name? We haven't even spoken to him. He's just some twat. <laughs> I was kind of planned on ditching the guard, but... But you, you, you've still carried him this far, so... Uh... Yeah. Was he just a random guard, or was he the captain of the guard? No, he was a, just a random. Rando. Okay. He was like a junior guard. I think I was planning on getting carried by somebody else, but... <laughs> but <it didn't laughs> One happen. thing led to another. <laughs> you ended up with a guy with incredibly weak legs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, they might they might have recovered by now. That was due to a wave of dark energy right at the beginning. <laughs> Maybe they've become muscular now. <laughs> so, uh, Akashobia greets you all and asks your names and uh, asks if you want some water. Warm Crispin, like, bows and then just says out loud, I'm a little thirsty. And... Grizzard Skink Wrangler is actually attached to the ceiling. She's like, and I'm a little lizard. <laughs> is there a gecko in here? Hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> says Akashobia. When last we met, you and I fought this creature in the swamp. We had not then the means to resolve that situation. But you have brought with you people who have skills and talents, destinies, fates that can resolve this situation. And the guard that's holding Kalanoia steps forward and holds Kalanoia aloft into the air and taking on a slightly different voice than he would normally speak with says, and do not place too much stock in these people that I've brought with me for they are mere fodder. Kalanoia will seal the fate of this creature. And then the guard collapses. (laughs) <laughs> Things are not always as they appear. The floating swamp monster was not always thus. They were once Rigveda, the goddess of the sky, but they have been cursed, a foul and a malicious curse to be trapped in the ground far from their domain, trapped by the agents of chaos. We had not the means to resolve their torment and so we trapped them until at such a time as you brought these people here within the body of the of rigveda cursed as she is is the seed that cursed her you must travel into the mind of the goddess destroy what chaos magic cursed her and Restore her to herself. Something that I'm sure some of you here would greatly appreciate an understanding of. Wouldn't we all to like to know ourselves truly and fully? Yes. I warn you, 
the mind of a goddess is not like the mind of a mortal. It uh, is fashioned of harmonies and melodies and concepts and ideas in a way that might seem alien to you. But be true to yourselves and one another, and you shall prevail. And I think as the guard remains unconscious, uh, Kalaniya calls out to warm Crispin um, and begins to uh, impress his will upon uh, warm Crispin um, to, to have Crispin walk over and take the sword, which he does and moves towards the side of the cave wall uh, and within the, so the, the sort of soft uh, stone, it's like a sort of clay um, stone, uh, then he begins to scratch out an image uh, and he scratches out a, a stylized image um, of the, the goddess um, standing, sort of staring um, into the, the the short distance, uh, and then he crafts out uh, an image that looks like an ornate mirror, and beyond the mirror, uh, he carves out a similar image, uh, a stylized image, uh, of the the goddess, uh, and from there uh, begins to start crafting little threads that flow out from her, um, and around those threads. Uh, sketches a little warm glow around them uh, and four very simple figures very very tiny in scale comparative to the the main image that has been crafted um, and then warm crispin sort of clicks back into himself i had no idea i could draw this is pretty good look i've even made leonard half the size of the rest of us <laughs> And then draws a crudely drawn cock. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns to Akashobia and says, do you understand the message of this? And you must go. Through the image. Uh, and Akashobia has a small nod. Smiles kindly. This sounds like we might be going into a rogues phase. He said that I see. Yeah, that's, that's what... That's <laughs> it's what, like we're uh, going into a rogues phase. <laughs> If we have our way in, I guess it could be perilous or discovery. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a jovial overtone. Cool. Show us how this image grants you access to the mind of the sky goddess. Oh, with a jovial overtone. <laughs> yeah, Smile on the start of your step. turn. Hashbones. I think jovial is quite appropriate. I think this is going to be quite psychedelic. I think it's going to be psychedelic AF. Oops, I flipped time. <laughs> what is so? What is that? What's happened? <laughs> what that means is that the overtone is flipped. So whatever the overtone is, or the previous tone, it's flipped to the reverse. So this is glum. So jovial's flipped to what? Sorry, glum. So jovial is flipped to glum. Okay. For some reason, we are stymied, and it's a mysterious reason. This should work. And we're going to be left with a question as to why it doesn't. But it, so I, I feel like maybe whatever the thing was, it's going to work, but not to do the exact thing we expected. Yeah, I mean, perhaps there's some sort of chaos magic booby trap for people attempting this <laughs> that you've sprung. Okay. So, yeah, Warm Crispin has, uh, has dropped Kalanoia, the sword, uh, to the floor as he reflects on the image that he's just drawn on the, the wall. Um, 
And as they also look at it curiously, Akashobia uh, steps up and he picks up Kalanoia, who he's been acquainted with uh, once before. Um, and as he picks him up, then Kalanoia again begins to hum with power and Akashobia uh, enters into a, a trance-like state and begins reciting various verses uh, and almost like kind of a, a an old poem, uh, though in a tongue that suggests that the language is a lot older there's bits that the uh, the rest of the the rogues can make out what they mean but uh, but not entirely um and the the information that he begins delivering with that um is uh appears to be around the the goddess herself uh, and so he talks about how the the, the goddess can't be affected she's a goddess you can't directly interact with her um and that the curse wasn't something that was cast on her she's a goddess she could just dismiss it so instead you need something to channel it uh, you need a, a mirror or a prism uh, or some kind of lens uh, and from that uh, you get an echo of the goddess um, and it's the echo that you interact with and then once you've done what you need to do on there be it construct a curse uh, or um, repair something or lift something or affect it in some way then you project that echo back through the prism uh, and that's what finally has effect uh, and so having interpreted that uh, Akashobia um, returns to the um, the end of his cave uh, and uh, behind a, a kind of a, a curtain of uh, ivy and vegetation uh, clears that back um, and there's a uh, a large altar uh, and sat on the middle of the uh, the altar uh, are two little holster things um, shaped or positioned uh, long enough for a sword to fit within it uh, and he holds up Kalanoia um, and reaches forward and places uh, Kalanoia the sword into the little holsters uh, on the altar um, and with that, a kind of silvery liquid begins to um, run down through some channels in the altar and collects uh, in a container at the bottom and creates like a kind of reflective uh, surface. Uh, and within that reflection, uh, the image of um, of a, a creature that is not a million miles away from the stylized image that's been drawn on the walls uh, can be seen. Um, and as the rogues sort of gather to look around there, they can see that the uh, the creature is in conflict with something as they peer through this through this lens. Um, so, Ben, what is the goddess in conflict with, and why is she unable to defeat it? So we can see uh oh I need to roll a note. need to roll a tone. I love how how kind of mean this game is. You could just ask the worst question and be like, <laughs> hey, uh, what's the answer to this? You're like, I don't know. He's in um, conflict no, with her own inner <laughs> self. Glum. The tone is glum. Appropriate. And I think the silver liquid is rippling and it's like looking at your reflection in turbulent water. It's hard to make out what's happening. 
Warm Crispin unslings his shield from his back and he begins to run his hand round the edge of the shield and it starts to make a low resonant hum that fills the room with this kind of and you feel it echo off the walls and it starts to form a pattern in the liquid as the sound waves interact with the silver and for a while you see these fighting figures and they're sharded and harder to make out and then the pattern stabilizes and then as and then he just grabs the shield and there's an immediate wall of silence and the fluid stills the quicksilver stills and now we have a clear image and what you see is the figure of the goddess fighting her own shadow and between them reaching up and past as these blows are cast you can just see blocked out and then visible the form of this crystal between them this lens that marks the crossing point the liminal space through which this conflict could be abated if there were such a way or the doorway through which we could enter and offer them peace grizzard hello how do you give us access to the prism uh, show me how you grant us access to the prism as um... and remember to roll for tone oh yeah Roll for tone. Roll for tone. That's not the right things. I got the bone. Rolling for tone now. Six three glum. It's all it's glum. I've got a six now. So glum. And so, in the darkest depths of the cavern. That's how glum goes, right? Yep. Yes, 100%. And so, as the image in the quicksilver. Uh, coalesces for a moment. Uh, Grizzard uh, uses her colour-changing abilities to copy this image onto herself, like future people might consider to be a photograph, but not. <laughs> like onto her skin. But it's on her skin. Cool. Onto her skin, onto her face, because she can... This is some serious character development. Well, she could already change colours. That's the thing she learned from lizards. Ah, oh. <laughs> I can't fun. believe it took me a while to get that joke. <laughs> Man, that's left me in a fix. <laughs> and I feel exposed. <laughs> I feel like I made it back now. Cool, can you manifest the, the, the prism on your skin? So it, it becomes onto my skin. And uh, as, as a wizard, I am able to then create images into... Uh, Draw them, draw them into our particular space, into our particular understanding of reality. Uh, this is something that all wizards can do, can't they? Yep. And so um, I spin, I spin uh, the the lines of reality. I spin them until the prism pops out of my face and into my hand. Oh wow! Yeah, that's real cool. Like the lines between like yeah. dreams and reality are starting to sort of blur slightly now. Like sort of you know your the the walls are you know it 
feels like the this cavern is bigger than it was before um and at the same time very familiar bigger but darker bigger and darker yeah because it's also our nightmares swirling around us uh we can feel the glumness that i definitely rolled on the bones um, uh, yes <laughs> curving through this even though prisms usually um take light and spray it in all different directions in this way somehow it draws in the light and leaves us all in deep, dark shadows. Show us, Glank, what happens next. Oh, specific. <laughs> How do we use the prism? So we've seen a vision of her fighting with the prism between them. You've now summoned the prism through your thing, and now we have to use the prism to go into the dream world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're entering the psychic realm now. How? Do you get there? Psychedelic, psychic realm. So, okay, I've got an idea. Where's this rolling thing? Stars without master. Dreams without logic. Now we're entering the psychic zone. I, I'm adding a motif, a prism of darkness Good drawn love. from the wizard's skin. I think that is rad. Much. I love it. Rad. Also, I like the idea that Grizzard um, could like write her shopping list on her hand just by thinking about it. I can. <laughs> yeah, nice. Do you write my uh, my set? All of the jokes I hilariously think up. That's what that's what Grizzard's also doing. Just a hand like that, so everyone's yeah. like, "Man, she's sharp." Actually, she just got front of hand. It's a little bit easier. You can do it without people noticing. Nice little tip there. That's how she passed wizard school. Everyone's like, how do you know so much about all these lessons you're meant to have memorised? You're like, oh, I just do. <laughs> I've just got spells written so, out. Uh, anyway, sorry. So I've got a glum tone. Glum tone. So as, as we're all standing around and kind of like the shadows are cast on the wall and there's kind of like a, an almost like ethereal glow sort of pulsing as Skink Wrangler is doing this as she draws the gem forward. Uh, there's the the bit we're all kind of cast into the glow, so we're all huddled around. Um, but there's almost something wrong with the magic of the prism. Um, as it's come out, it's taken on some of her characteristics, and we notice that the prism's sort of almost scaly, and it's starting to peel away, and it's getting smaller and smaller. Um, and as we see these like Change scale. These yes, these flakes falling down because little uh, Grizz, um, because little Leonard Glank is a lot shorter and he's looking up kind of wide eyed and his mouth's agape because he's never seen this sort of magic before. One of the flecks of the the prism sort of falls into his mouth Ew. and he, oh, he starts to spin and just kind of drops back onto his back and his eyes pupils dilate until it's just black. And as you can see, the, the, the thing's getting smaller and smaller, and he kind of whispers, I'm there. And the rest of the heroes realise that they have to take a flake, this kind of lizard-esque flaky skin, and place it on their tongue. And then one by one, each hero kind of drops, 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 until it's just the skink wrangler left, and she's got the final almost core piece of her skin and she kind of takes a big handful and kind of drops it into her mouth. And then her pupils sort of boo. And there's a big echoing thunderous boom as she just falls back and slams against the concrete. And it's almost, um, oh, you, um, as they, as you, as they take the, uh, the, the prism, 
It's like falling through mercury skies. <gasps> so you oh, kind of yeah. fall through, and as you hit the floor, you spin round and find yourself in the uh, sort of mirror realm. And I'm, you know, maybe there's a, in the distance, there's like a, a big black fortress with large gates. I don't know. You can decide if you want that or not, Ben. <laughs> wow. Well, that might make sense. The realm of death is a gateway to many places. Yeah. So. So anyone can end this phase um, by handing the dice back, the, the bones back to me. Yeah, I was basically going to hand it back to you now. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. We've, we've taken the flakes of the prism as it shrunk. Yeah. And um, you now have the bones. So I've rolled for the glum tone. So uh, this is a, a realm uh, of dark, overgrown mountains and thorns that intertwine between everything around you in the distance is a is a tall dark fortress warm crispin you you think you know uh this place it's certainly a place that you've imagined in your in your training it's it's been depicted in paintings and murals and of uh of your church this is obviously some sort of projection of of an afterlife so we're going to go into going to go into a perilous phase we're in the rogues lives are in danger Which means death is on the table rogues lives are in danger i've rolled a glum overtone so it's going to be a glum glum death is potentially going to happen uh you had to start heading towards the nearest landmark um which is uh, this this dark fortress tower in the distance? Um, you realise that uh, you can hear other movement in the in the wilderness. They uh, um, and uh, as you kind of clear the the, the forest, you you see yeah, like actually no, that's crap. Let me let me think again. <laughs> You don't go towards the landmark or see a forest. I'm happy because I drifted off because I was imagining like the animation I definitely wouldn't be able to make to a sword. Like, <laughs> but it's really cool. It's like the sword spinning. It's got like that kind of uh, movement thing in the background, like from like Ulysses. No one else can yeah, do the yeah, thing. I... To... I'm sorry. So I think, okay. uh... I'm thinking like this landmark that this landmark that we see is the same shape as the prism. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. It's like a tower, the shape of the prism. Yeah. And we're trapped inside the prism cell. <laughs> it's the only connection, perhaps, between what we saw before and what we see mm -hmm. now. So it seems like the route, the route to, take. to take to head deeper into this psychic realm, into the next, the next layer, as it were. Yeah, as you head through uh, the uh, yeah this uh, forest, um, you have to hack your way through. It's like a jungle, really. You have to hack through vines uh, and underbrush and thorns. I don't. I crawl underneath them. Yeah, I'm you kind small. of scramble underneath them. <laughs> um, well, oh, uh, I'm, I'm planning on going from like tree to tree, scrambling up them and leaf to leaf. Oh wait, do we have our mounts? Uh, no, I think our mounts would. 
didn't yeah. get fed the flakes, what? so we're on foot now. And... Also, one of us needs to be carrying the blade. Well, I think that having passed through into like the mirror realm, then it's more of like oh, a, yeah. a reflection of people's consciousnesses. Uh, I'm not even particularly sure that people's mm. bodies pass through. Um, yeah. So I reckon that at this point, Kalanoia <laughs> sort of manifests into the consciousness that's otherwise trapped within the sword. Yeah. Oh my god, Kalanoia is there as a yeah. human and he's just got three swords laying next to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for oh, well, fuck's sake. Two, two long swords and a short sword. <laughs> now that's interesting because does that mean that Glank Glank. is also... Is Glank a noble knight? Yeah, here? I reckon. Oh, yes. <laughs> That would be cool. Kind of sort of pats himself down as if he's kind of forgotten. And you sort of see this kind of once once sort of clearly quite knightish and strong, but he's he's old now and it kind of surprises him because he doesn't realise he's actually been in sort of goblin form for like 50, maybe 60 years. So he doesn't really... <laughs> yeah. That's a while. So everyone he's he loved in the past is gone. It's quite, <laughs> oh, quite no. a long time. Is this yeah. to this club? This, well, is, this yeah. is hell of a glum tone. This is it's, a deep glum tone. And he's like looking at his kind of withered, wrinkly hands and he's just kind of, what's, where's, I was a strong man. He looks at um, Kalanoia and he's like, uh, we've got the wrong body. That's my body, surely. You're a big, strong <laughs> dude. That's me. But he's now old and frail and weak. And Warren Wal Crispin looks at Kalanoia and at Glank and then at himself and he's, or just the same. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've faced yourself in your true form. So, uh, as you sort of uh, yeah break the tree line and start making your way across this grassland plain, you think leads to the prison fortress where like the, yeah all the sort of you know the sun shines through it, um, breaking this kind of beautifully like kind of oily surface to it like all the lights swirling through it um and you hear a noise from behind you and marching behind you like uh it comes a force uh of of heavily armored and armed soldiers in black armor with spiky shoulder pads and spiked helms and uh they kind of chitter to one another like like bugs in sort of their own war cant, their own war chanting. That's how they kind of, yeah, they're forming up. Um, and you can see, kind of make out like sort of siege engines and stuff in the background. Um, it looks like they're going to assault this this fortress. And uh, high above them, on a, like a floating disc with spikes coming out the sides, is a familiar figure, the cow, the kind of hooded, snake hooded face of coil spike the vile <gasps> sorcerer of of, uh, oh. of maliciousness
Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, <laughs> an actual play. You needed Welcome to re-record to... that in fairness, Ben. You spaffed it. <laughs> I spaffed it when you started talking. <laughs> no, you went, Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords. No. Veto, reset, start again. Starting with Leonard. Oh, oh, now he's spaffing it. I am playing the Sword Kalanoia, who was forged in the fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> Whoa! This is new information. A plot twist. Well, um, not that plot twist, is it? It's following the plot as we've established it so far. <laughs> yeah. The plot twist is that he wasn't forged in the fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> Nobody actually saw that one. Also confirming the maker's mark on Kalanoia. <laughs> You're welcome. And that Mount Doom does exist in this world. Turns out. <laughs> There's probably a Mount Doom in every world. It, it's not a yeah. very imaginative name. Uh, at least every world Ben's made, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's I think just a find... Tolkien gesture. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think you'll find it's, it's Mount Mood, which is very different. <laughs> <laughs> just like... <clears throat> Uh, people look yeah. at it and they're like, that's a mood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine the party getting there and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. It's fine. <laughs> and then suddenly it gets so angry, it erupts. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Better to light a candle than curse the night. Yeah, that could be it. That might I've be the phrase. That would have been that. clever if I got it first time. <laughs> Well, through the magic of editing. I can tell yeah. people stupid. <laughs> so it's the magic of editing. We can create more work for me as if by magic. <laughs> I was going to say, through the magic of editing, Ben will now be saying that phrase and none of this conversation <laughs> happens. <laughs> well, everyone, I think you'll find. Uh... And so my question is, how do we find our way into the Hermitage of Akashobia? Need another two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it because there's a maze and we have to take the minor tour? Oh God! You're just forcing them in now. Yep. God. Wait. This now Ali couldn't be the overplayer. This is such <laughs> a cruel game for the DM as well. And the players. Well, it's kind of is, yeah, I mean, I'm not really everyone. sure I'm following the coil spike hook winning thing. I mean, it's a lot of plot. <laughs> Willy Fog. Will O the Wisp. Yeah. We're trying to get in all the 80s cartoon references. <laughs> Keep the 40 somethings on side. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then there is a dog Tanya. No, that doesn't make sense. Oh, I was thinking um, there might be a cat okay, so Henry. Alanoia, I knew you would return. Okay, well, I'll take over then if no one else will. <laughs> I believe that's your cue. Your cue, Gwyn. Do I have to roll something? Uh, I, I, well, I haven't, I haven't I established anything or yet. Or do I not? Oh, we assumed Sorry. that long delay was waiting for Gwyn. I, was, I, I, was... I didn't, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't stand the heavy silence on your shoulders. <laughs> well, it, it kind of sources, you know. It's also, it's not on my shoulders. If this space, it needs to be filled by me talking. 
Wait, that's my role. Uh, I'm talking to manifest the prism. And, and um, Ben, so what... show me how you manifest the prism. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to see that. Uh... Hashtag on this bloody. It's not this where it was because we're in the dream world. <laughs> Is this how I'm, we get I'm... in? How would you get in? Um, hold down control, press <laughs> F, find hashtag. The realm of death is a gateway to many places. You can get to Chessington World of Adventure that way. <laughs> you can get you can get there Sorry. from Chessington World of Adventure. You just have to get on the wrong roller coaster at the wrong time. <laughs> Can't be bothered to click. Someone describe it to me. Imagine it's a rug in my house, but a, uh, different. It's a wow. it's a mandala. <laughs> a Mandalorian. Wow. A Delorean. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's, I mean, <laughs> Ali's, Ali's uh, description was pretty accurate, to be fair, yeah? I could see that in your house. <laughs> a bit more orange would be a bit more suited to what I know of one of your rooms. It's quite a lot of orange. It sounds like... appealing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's a great segment. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you take okay. the pin. Don't get, don't get, damn it, Alison! <laughs> the one flow of puns I've ever had. Sorry, sorry. It's because the weather's been so inclementine. Oh, oh wait. Okay, oh, a pit we're done. Pun. So, what what phase are we? So in? we're going to go into the pit phase. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> you look. Crispin looks down at his hilt. <laughs> Crispin looks down at his cross guard, and he's like, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't have that before." <laughs> Is that like right? He's just got bigger hips now, and it looks like a <laughs> <laughs> looks like the cross guard bit. And what? the thing is, they don't lie. Oh, <laughs> did hips don't lie? That is not the song, Alison. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Lucky that my tits are small and right. tumble, so you don't stick them. I'm going. Gonna... <laughs> Such a weird line. 